Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Self Reliant Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I'm your host. Today's guest is somebody that I'm very excited to interview. His background is very extensive in working in a lot of different areas, and that experience has helped him become, I think, one of the best in the development space and the multifamily space. But really, his forefront and his focus is on keeping things with his developments, having some conservation area, and really making sure that that's a high priority. So, Mr. Shane Carter, welcome to the show, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, happy to be here. Appreciate you bringing me on. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I live up in New Hampshire. Uh, got, a, got a family. Live on a live on a horse farm, and uh, live live the good life, the good clean life up here in New Hampshire. Um, I've been a real estate uh, investor and a builder for a little over 20 years now. Um, I started, you know, my, my background is, you know, I started really just understanding wholesaling and understanding contracts and how to flip them. And that's sort of actually how I got started in that aspect of the business. Um, and then I started to flip houses and that led to a passion for construction and, and the process of creation uh, through the, through construction. Um, and then I really got interested in development more from a conservation background because I graduated with degrees in forestry and wildlife biology, which makes me a pretty unique uh, developer, builder, you know, multifamily guy. And not, not a lot of folks, a lot of people come from finance and from other areas. Um, so I have a bit of a naturalist background and spent a lot of my 20s um, working for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife and working for the Forest Service and um, hitting all the beautiful areas in Colorado and California and Montana and Idaho and got to work in, in some amazing places in here in New England as well in New Hampshire and Vermont and uh, um, was pretty fortunate in my 20s but um, but yeah as a developer I uh, really started getting serious about that um, in 2000 you know five and six just before the big crash and it was really I wanted I was I guess I would call myself a reluctant, a reluctant developer because I just didn't like what I was seeing in terms of the development patterns here anyway. Um, and um, I thought that there might be a better way to develop with a little bit more sensitivity, you know, and still obviously you gotta be profitable, but maybe to develop the land with a, with a little bit more sensitivity. Um, and so we're, uh, you know, we focused on that um, and, proud to say that one of our hallmarks is that we we develop um, land for you know residential communities and places beautiful places for people to live but that we can serve as much land as we develop that's our goal is to conserve 50 percent of all the land we develop um, and to conserve it permanently to put it into land trust to give it to the conservation commissions in the towns um, and or otherwise encumber it so that it can never be developed um, 
So that's one of the things we do on the development front. I love it, man. Seriously, you take such a, a unique, I guess, view or perspective to your developing. And I, and I think a lot of developers really need to start having more of that kind of a mindset because you look at things going on right now and I mean, people are just stacking people on top of each other. You know, I live in Utah and, and the stuff that's going on here is just absolutely crazy. And I mean, I get that you've got to do growth, right? Growth has to happen. Um, there's opportunities that come from that, but at the same time, like you're, you're going to run out of a lot of the things that you need in order to sustain a, a you know, a long-term community. If you don't, focus on that in the beginning. And I think, you know, that's something that's definitely missed. Um, but going back to, you know, kind of the beginning stages, if you, if you were talking to somebody today, that's just getting started in real estate, what advice or wisdom would you give them? Well, boy, that's a, that's a pretty open-ended question, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> I guess it would depend on which aspect of real estate they're getting into. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, in terms of development, yeah. Yeah. Development or, you know, flipping, whatever. I mean, if, if you had some golden nuggets or wisdom based on your trajectory, because I mean, it sounds like you really went through each phase of that to get to the, the developing aspect, you know, yeah. What, what wisdom would you share with somebody just getting started? So the, the, I think one of the most important things that I wasn't good at that if I could have talked to my younger self and, um, and give my give myself that advice, which obviously would be applicable to anybody else starting out younger, um, is to become really, really focused, to become really, really clear, and to just specialize in one specific thing until you're an absolute expert at it. Because to be in this business, you're we all sort of have a little bit of an entrepreneur mindset where it, you know you get a little bit of that shiny object syndrome, right? Where um, where you can go out and you can do this and I can flip contracts and I can flip houses and I can build spec homes and I can develop land and I can buy multifamily assets and I can do all those things. And I've done all those things, but I haven't been able, I could have reached my goal sooner. I could have done them better and I could have been more successful than I was if I hyper-focused on any one of those steps at the moments in time when I was engaged in them and then made my next steps of progression accordingly. And then at each phase, really, really focused on it. Um, so you can make money at all these things, but you're not making as much money. And you're not really, I think, giving yourself the best opportunity for success until you really, really focus. And that's when we found the most success, both from developments um, and from our multifamily business is when we got real, real sp very specific on what we were going after, very specific on what we wanted, what our goals and objectives were. And we started saying no more often to more opportunities so that we could really say yes and focus only on the ones we wanted. That's to me, that's one of the hugest aspects of, of, of this business. Uh, I think that's such a, a wise perspective there too. And I mean, I, I guess too, I mean, somebody starting out, they're trying to figure out what they like to do. Would you have any advice as to, you know, do this specific thing to figure out which aspect that is that you want to focus on? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, um, you know, from, from, uh, ancient Greeks, right. They, they, there's a uh, know thyself has <laughs> been around yeah. for thousands of years. And the reason is, is that it, it's, uh, it's, it's part of the human condition 
that we we know a lot about everybody else, but we don't really know ourselves very well oftentimes. So I would I would say offer advice to say really get in tune with what makes you tick. You know, take some personality tests, understand where your strengths and weaknesses are, do a real true self-assessment of of who you are, what gets you excited, what fills your tank with energy, what depletes you, um, you know, and then only focus on the things that really fill your tank and make you feel excited about getting up every day and everything that makes you feel drained that you have to do every day, just backfill people around you that do those tasks and do those things um, and, and incentivize them to, to do the things that, that drain you. I think that's, that's where I'd focus. Yeah, no, that's sound advice. So how about for the development side of things? I mean, if somebody's looking to get started there, what what's kind of that roadmap or what does that journey look like? Yeah, so, um, you know, for me, it was to start small, you know, very, very small bit. So I, um, I got into development, like I said, you know, because I wanted to see a different way. But my first development deal I did was really, I found a single family flip that I wanted to do. And it happened to have enough road frontage and acreage to be able to subdivide a lot off. So that was my first development project was I developed, you know, I, I subdivided one home into two lots, uh, rehabbed the home, sold it, built a spec home on the second lot, sold it. Um, and then the next one, I did um, a piece of raw land that was able to be subdivided into three lots. And I built three homes on those three lots. So I started very, very small. And I think that's important to, um, to not try and bite off too much at once, stay small, stay, uh, stay lean and get some, get some wins under your belt doing things small first before you go and try and knock out, you know, 60 condominiums or, you know, 120 single family home lots and things like that. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. And I, I guess a follow-up question to the even this phase, right? It, we've got such a uh, an interesting time in the real estate market right now. I think every every market is really feeling something, right? Whether it's the pressure of the you know the demand for homes or the the cost of materials or anything else. Um, talk to that a little bit. I mean, what's your perspective on what's happening right now? Is it still a good time to get started? Is there anything to be aware of? Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's, um, it is a very interesting time. You're right. There's, there's some, there's some, some macro, um, forces at play that, um, that are going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, I'd say in, a, in about six to nine months from now, um, nobody has a crystal ball, but I feel like there's going to be a bit of a retraction that occurs, uh, later this winter, um, and through this upcoming winter into the spring of 22, um, so I would, I would stay careful. I wouldn't take on too, too much right now. I wouldn't take on huge, massive projects. Um, on the same hand, this retraction that I think is coming is it's not going to necessarily hit the land development space as much as it's going to hit the um, single family existing market space. I think that's what's going to feel it the most. Uh, we have a housing shortage, right? I, you know, I think we have a housing shortage throughout the country, and the ability to to build affordable housing is 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 a uh, is an ever present fact of our lives at this point, uh, and it's very very challenging in most areas to to do that. So, um, 
you know, I don't think that housing and development is going away anytime soon and it's not going to see a retraction like you're going to see in existing housing markets. But I would still be cautious and run your numbers conservatively and plan for not what you think housing or, or lot values are going to be, um, you know, coming up or what they are now. But I would rather underwrite to, you know, maybe what they were a year ago. Um, and if you can get projects to pencil that way right now, then I think you're going to be fine uh, because whatever retraction happens, I think is going to be not severe and not long lived. Um, and there's just no lack of demand for, for land and for housing. So, so I don't see that business model um, getting hurt anytime soon. Yeah, I think that's a really good approach because you're right. I mean, as long as you pay attention to what's going on, I think that's one of the biggest differences too between now and, you know, back in 07, 08 is you had back then you had such a, a massive supply and the demand was less where now it's totally flip-flopped and the demand is so great. I mean, I, I read a stat the other day that there's only one home for every 333 people. Yeah. So it's like, you know, with that type of demand, yeah, it's going to, it may be a different fluctuation as it was back then, but I think you're right. I mean, the demand's there. So pick your lane and just focus on it and be a little bit conservative and you should be able to protect yourself through, through that. Yeah. And look, I mean, you know, you brought up the, obviously the cost of materials and labor has skyrocketed, you know, in the last, you know, six months, two years, three years, however you want to track it. It's just been going up and up and up uh, seemingly with no end in sight, but I feel like there has to be a normalization of that as well coming up. And that that has to um, that has to ground itself in some way. It just can't continue. It's a very unsustainable path that it's on. Um, but the lack of labor is is a real issue, at least in, in our area. I think different areas in the country it's, that's going to vary. Um, but up here in New England, it's a it's a very very big problem, and it's driving costs um, in in a way that I feel is unsustainable. So. There has to be a normalization that occurs. I think it's going to hopefully happen in the next six to nine months. We'll see. Um, but uh, material pricing also has to normalize. And it's a it's a supply-demand issue. But I feel like there's definite price, price gouging that's occurring okay. in some level within, within the industry. Um, and, you know, that's that needs to correct. That needs to become normalized again. Yep, totally agree. And I, I think, you know, again, that's where there's still a massive amount of opportunity, right? If you can figure out what a specific niche or lane is going back to, you know, the beginning of this conversation and focus, I think there's plenty of opportunity out there for somebody who's hungry, ambitious, wants to get something done, like figure out what the problem is, come up with a solution. And man, you, you have a whole business that you could create just out of that. Yeah, for sure. And, and I've always, I've always been a believer of systems built housing um, it's really not popular up here. It, ha it doesn't get a lot of traction. It still has some stigma associated with it with, you know, mobile homes or, or things like that, but, um, you know, or modular homes, right? That's another sure. terminology yep. for it. Uh, I call it systems built, offsite built because, you know, factory built. Um, I've built dozens and dozens of those homes. I, I wish I could say hundreds, but most of our homes have to be site built. It's just a function of, of the market here. 
Um, but I think that is an area too where um, developers and up and coming folks as well can really focus, hyper focus, and become experts and really push that part of the industry forward. I think that is the future. I think that's where we can control um, costs and have more of an assembly type process for housing uh, that can build it hopefully, you know, better, faster, cheaper, right? And and I think that is in general, a very sustainable approach. There's less waste, there's less sort of carbon footprint when you build that way. Um, It just really hasn't caught on and it just hasn't taken off in a massive way. Um, And, uh, and that's something that I think could really change things in the future. Interesting. That, that's a conversation you and I may just have to have a little bit further in detail because you're talking about that. You know, my my background, my, my grandpa was in that business a long time ago. And, uh, you know, I think you're right. I mean, I think something has got to give, something's got to change. Um, I, I was in a conversation with somebody the other, the other day and they were talking about, hey, maybe one day it'll just be a 3D printer and that's what's going to be printing houses. You know what I mean? But seriously, that's the type yeah. of stuff I think that it can be revolutionary and and start filling a lot of the problems with solutions um, because we can complain about the problems all day long, but somebody's got to come up with the solution. I think you're right. I think that could be, that could be definitely the next wave of what could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Something like that. um, You know, I I think there's, it's not going to work in every climate. It's not going to work in every, in every area of this country, but there are solutions out there. And I think, um, this industry, you know, just, just turns like a tanker. It's very, very slow and it's very, um, very much set in its ways, so to speak. Um, but I think the time is coming that there's, there's, there's going to be changes and, and frankly, it's needed to, to meet the yep. demand and to do things better than the way that have been done. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Well, I've got a couple more questions for you uh, as we're getting kind of close on time here. Uh, the first one, you know, is you got started. I mean, you mentioned you've been in the game now for 20, 20 years or so. And, you know, as I, as I look at even my career, I've only been in real estate for five years. Um, and I think a lot of the experience and knowledge just comes from time. But is there anything that you did when you were getting started or going down that path, you know, other than just having the experience or leaning on the experience of others that helped you gain the knowledge base to do what you're doing now? Sure. I mean, I was always an avid student. I would read everything that I could. Um, Days, nights, weekends, lunch breaks, whenever I could, I was constantly reading, constantly filling my mind with um, the industry knowledge that I wanted to have. Um, In addition to knowledge, I would say, you know, one of the big things that I started doing early on, even before I became a general contractor, developer and builder, is that I, I didn't want to exist transactionally, right? So if you flip a contract, you flip a house, you, your income is only tied to that transaction. And then if you want more income, you have to go out and transact again, right? So I was very smart in taking almost all, as much as I could physically afford and investing that and investing that into income producing assets. You know, again, mostly multifamily, started small, bought a four unit, then an eight unit, then a 16, then a 20, then a 40. And I really built my holdings organically that way. Um, you know, now obviously we do large, larger syndications, equity firms, you know, buying you know 200 plus unit assets at a, at a whack. Um, but my education 
was in buying small. So that's, a, I think, another important thing is, is really make sure that you are getting passive income. Make sure that you're investing and so that you're not getting stuck to transactional income all the time. And everybody's different in terms of when they transition, but um, it's never too early to start. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, and that really gives you the ability to live and operate, right? I mean, I think that's one of the biggest fears that we have as humans, right? If, if you're so worried about your situation financially or taking care of your family or whatever else, it's going to limit you from really hitting your max stride or your potential. But those passive assets get to a point and then all of a sudden your vision can grow so much bigger because you're not worried about just keeping the ball rolling and, and yeah. staying in the game. So no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing, Dave, that I would add to that is, is that, um, you know, you brought up a good point there in terms of just feeling safe, feeling secure uh, mindset to me is everything The once I can literally trace every single one of my major successes with a mindset shift that I have, that I had in the past, right? And, and one of the most important ones to, to conquer is the mindset that not, not only can you do it, that you are doing it and that it's, it's being done, right? You're, you're, you're already achieving the success you want, but most importantly, that you deserve it, right? Yeah. That's a big one, I think, for a lot of people. They miss that. They, they go after the, the mindset of, oh, I can do this, I can do this. But do you deserve it? Do you really know deep down that you deserve every single bit of success you're about to get? And until you, until you uh, check that box for yourself, it, it's going to be slightly elusive. Yeah, man, I just got chills as you're talking about that because you're right. I think, I mean, we don't give ourselves, I think, the credit that we deserve a lot of times. And we, we have to. I mean, that's where it all starts, that belief in ourselves, knowing that we deserve it, knowing that we can do it. But yeah, going back to just knowing that we deserve it and that that's game changing. I love that you mentioned, too, that you can track back to all of the different changes. And it was because of a mindset shift, because that awareness, I think, is part of it, too. You've got to be able to recognize that, understand that. And that gratitude piece is, is critical, too. Yeah, for sure. That is a huge piece. Very important. Well, this has been an awesome interview, man. Like I have really, really appreciated your time. This last question goes a little bit deeper, takes a little bit more at the heartstrings. And it's one of my favorites to ask. And really the question is, if you were given one more day to live, what wisdom or advice would you leave behind as your legacy? So family, clients, uh, associates, whatever it would be, what would that final piece of, of wisdom be that you leave behind? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know that I'm going to say anything, you know, groundbreaking or earth shattering here, but to me, it's, it's real simple, right? Every day is a gift from God. Every day is a gift. And, uh, and to, and to really, um, to live like, like this is, this is a gift every day. So I love deeply, fully, honestly, in, in every relationship that I'm in, I give my all to my business partners, to my investors, to everybody that I, you know, that I do business with. Um, and I'm, I, I know that in, in my, for me personally, I'm a com completely transparent, honest person. And that just makes me feel good. I have no regrets at all. And um, when my time comes, I'll be very peaceful about that. <laughs> I love it, man. Living, living life with a purpose. It, uh, it definitely, it's the way to do it because I mean, if you're not happy and you're not enjoying, what's the point? You got to right. live, 
you got to live with intention for sure. Yes, very much. And you have to love what you're doing too, right? Because yep. that's, that's where the passion comes from. If you don't love what you're doing, there's no passion. If there's no passion, there's no, you know, your purpose is going to flail about and not really land anywhere. Yep. Totally agree, man. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, doing this interview. I'm just, I, I have enjoyed it. There's so many gold nuggets in here. I know uh, this audience is going to love this episode as well. Um, if somebody wants to connect with you and reach out, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. Um, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, those are great places to connect with me. Just, you know, put in Shane Carter, NH, um, and I'll probably pop right up. Um, CIPglobal.net. That's, uh, that's our website. Uh, if people want to connect with us uh, through our uh, investment um, company and uh, yeah, happy to, happy to share and, and uh, get connected with others. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. And everybody out there, remember to infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result-driven action. Go out, make it a fantastic day. And Shane, thanks again for your time, man. This has been an awesome episode. Yeah, my pleasure, Dave. Thank you. Are you tired of using 10 different platforms to manage your CRM, your Google My Business reviews, text campaigns, email campaigns, calendar invites, website builds? I was too. I used ClickFunnels, Kartra, Jotform, Calendly, you name it, I tried it. I came to the conclusion that I needed one software platform that could do all of this in one place. With Sluicebox, I was able to do all of this and more. Go check out sluicebox.io today to change your life and make it that much easier and that much more simple to manage all of your leads, all of your customers, and everybody in one spot. Sluicebox.io. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.